Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So we both shipped. Yay! Most importantly, you shipped a massive update. I shipped a smallish update. Nice. Your update, huge and very awesome. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Yours is pretty good, too, by the way. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. But sure. Uh, yeah, don't, you know, don't downplay that too much. But, uh, but yes, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, Overcast 5 is out. We're not going to talk about all of it today because there was one area that I thought was, was big enough for developers that I wanted to focus on just this one area today. Search. This has been a feature that people have asked for for ever since 1.0, a way to search their podcast on their device. It, when you have a lot of podcasts, you you know you, it's often just faster to type in rather than browse through a huge long list. And also people often wanted to, when browsing a podcast's archive, they wanted to be able to find a certain episode by search so that they wouldn't have to like scroll through 500 episodes of a show with a huge back catalog to find the one where they talked about X. Search is how you solve these problems. And so I decided to go through uh, basically how I implemented search, what what about it makes it difficult, and kind of you know this, the, the problems you have to face in a way that hopefully this might help some of you, or at least be interesting, because search is a kind of special area of software development that I actually have some previous experience in uh, before anybody you know knew my iOS stuff. I, I used to work in the search business, and it's really interesting programming challenges and interesting like UI challenges that I, that I think are, are fun to talk about. Yeah, and I think search is one of those topics that, in my own experience, which I don't, I don't have nearly the, the background in it that you do, but I think search is something that is, it is superficially trivial um, and straightforward. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, it, it's, it's, it's just like, oh, sure, I can just do, like, a search. I just, like, they, they type something in, and then I look in my database and see if that thing is in the database. How hard can that be? Right. Like, it's just one of those <laughs> topics that, like, sure, you could do that. You could just do, like, like an I like uh query with just the term great but if you do that your search will be awful and won't work in the way people expect and won't actually do what you want and so you end up going down it's like it's one of these topics that like oh yeah that seems straightforward and then it's just oh my goodness it is impossibly complicated and you can just keep <laughs> going down making it more robust making it more performant making it do more th- more and clever things as you go um, so it's, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to learning a lot from this because it, a lot of my implementations, I, I either, I punt to something else. Like I use in, uh, feed wrangler for its search re- searching system. I just use Elasticsearch, which does most of this for me. Cause it's like, I don't know what's going on. I just like th- th- throw a whole bunch of data into a search, a, you know, a search tool and then query it. Um, but that doesn't really work very well in iOS. So I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, it's, it's just sitting back and learning a lot today too. Excellent. And, 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 and you know, to clarify, like you mentioned AWS, um, yeah, Elasticsearch, there's a, there's a few different solutions for server-based or, or web-based searching, you know, like, you know, online searching. And what I'm talking about today is offline searching, searching the local database of content. Although many of the same things will apply to when you're talking about online searching or search services, many of these same concepts apply. Um, so, Search, you know, you covered it pretty well there. Like search at a high level is really two problems that are very different and both have their own challenges, matching and ranking. So matching is finding which records or documents match the query that the user's typed and ranking is figuring out how to order those in what order to be most helpful. So match, I'll start with matching. Matching is 
you know, you could do it, as you said, with like with a like query in a database. So match, you know, where where a title like this or body like this or author like this and put wildcards on both sides of the like. And so you, you're basically doing a whole table scan of the database. And this is fine if you have a small set of records. Uh, but if you have a small set of records, people probably aren't searching them very often. <laughs> so chances are, if you're if you're needing search, you probably have a larger set of records such that a kind of dumb scan of the data, but just doing a string match, is probably going to be really inefficient and not scale appropriately at all to larger sets. Um, and so the way search is usually done is by building an index, which is fairly simple. You know, an index is a tree. It's a, you know, it's standard tree structure, uh, and the the nodes on the tree are search terms. So it's it's not that different from when databases index columns. You know, you you, you make it easy to look up and efficient to look up, like which column has the value this. You know, with with a tree, and and so you know you build a search index with search terms as those as the you know the the tree structure, and so you're able to say all right, which documents have term X in them. The hard part though is you know that's that's easy when you know exactly which term you're searching for. That's not how language works, though. Language has lots of different realities that make this a little bit harder. So, for instance, if somebody mistypes the word, it's not going to help them. If they, uh, if they, if you, as the index, don't understand the language, uh, the way it uses spacing or segmenting between words, because, like in English, we have this convenience that most English words are not compound to the point where people would search for their parts separately. Uh, most English words are just individual words that are separated by spaces. So a computer can very easily look and say, all right, this is a word, this is another word, this is, like, it can see where the word breaks are. That isn't true of all languages. Some languages either don't use white space typically to separate words, or they have a lot of compound words, like German. You know, like German has a lot of like very big compound words. And so what you need to efficiently search these in a helpful way is some kind of segmenting algorithm. And this is not always, you know, trivial. Like you, you need to be very familiar with the language. So you have to have a, a, some kind of index process that can tokenize the words and pay attention to segmenting for languages that need that instead of just splitting on white space. You also can't just split on punctuation because some words include punctuation, like contractions in English. Can't, don't, won't. Those have an apostrophe in them. And, you know, if you, if you, if you split on that, you would have two words, Don and T. <laughs> so like, that's no good. So you have to have a fairly intelligent tokenizer and segmenter to, that has some idea of the languages you're using to be able to properly say even what the words are that should be indexed. Then you have to think about stemming. So this is, you know, if, if you have like suffixes or in some cases prefixes, uh, you want searches for a word's various forms usually to match that word. And so, for instance, simple plurals. You know, if you, if you have a document that has the word bats and you search for bat, you probably want that document to match it, but it doesn't contain the word bat. It contains the word bats. And so you have to also have what is called a stemmer. This is what normalizes words to their root forms for the purpose of indexing. 
And so, and th- this this is more complicated, especially like when you think about in English how many exceptions there are to these rules, plurals that are irregular um, or um, past tenses that are irregular. You know, because it's it's verb tenses, it's plurals, it's adverb endings. All these things can can change the way a word is spelled or should appear in the index, but that you want to normalize. Um, so, like you know, the word run, you would want ran runs. You and then you could also argue you might want runner which is a little bit different, but you might want that. You also might want running uh, or, you know, so there's all sorts of forms of words that you want to normalize or at least be searchable by their root word. And then you also want to run the stemming on the query when the user has typed, because if the user typed ran and you have a document that says run, you might want to match that. So again, linguistic realities make this a non-trivial problem. And then problem number two, once you have the document set that like, even if you do all this correctly, so then you, you have a query and it returns back which documents have these words in them. That is actually, I believe, the easier of the two problems of search. Ranking those in a helpful way, ordering those by relevance, is, in my opinion, the way harder problem about search. And I think, you know, the web search bears this out. Like, you can, if you search Google or something for, for anything and you get 50,000 results, like, does it really matter what the bottom... 49,980 results are like it, do- it doesn't really like what matters is the ones on top because you're not going to go through all of them so relevance is way more important but way way harder you know if you think about you know matches of certain words matter more than others so if you think about if you searched for the dog well the word the is pretty common in english <laughs> it shouldn't really count for much lots of documents will contain the word the and so certain words are so common that you want to pretty much ignore them. So those in search terms are called stop words. But if you don't index the stop words, you can't match them in phrases. So I used to have an app called The Magazine. If the was a total stop word and was totally ignored and omitted from the index, you would just search for the word magazine and the magazine would come up. But, so, but if you searched for The Magazine everything that mentioned just magazine would also come up. So like you can't totally throw out common words and also matches are not the same value in all different fields that you might be searching. So in a typical like web page, you have title, you might have author info or site info. Then you have the body text title matters more than the author of the site info. The body matters more than like the meta keywords. Um, and so it's it, like there's all these different rankings you have to consider of like matches in certain fields or in certain ways are more important than others. And then you have to judge whatever the user typed as the query, how well does this field match it? So like you think about like a title. If you type in some, a word like it matters whether you typed in exactly the title of that document, that should rank pretty high. Or maybe if it just Maybe if the title starts with the query you typed in, that matters more than if it's kind of somewhere in the middle. You know, so there's all these different algorithms and tricks and techniques and heuristics you need to use to intelligently rank even like where the query. And then also, I was talking earlier about things like spelling errors or different forms of words that you want to match. So if somebody typed in, you know, runner and a document has run, you want to match that. But maybe you want to downrank that a little bit because it wasn't really what they typed. It's related, so it might still be relevant, but that might not be as important as if it matched the exact word they typed. So it's all, and, and then also, the user might have mistyped the query. 
<laughs> which is very, very common, especially in mobile. So you have to not only think about, you know, you have to think about spelling errors, you know, correcting things like, you know, te to the. Um, some typos, though, are words themselves. So like, one of the most common things on iOS is like, you know, I'll type in hose for house, <laughs> you know? So it's like, but hose is a word. So any algorithm that looks at the word that says like, is this word misspelled or not? has to consider things like autocorrect what autocorrect will do and common mistakes made on mobile that might not be made on desktop keyboards or in in documents and and so like it's it's really a very hard thing also the word you type might just be a different form or alternate spelling of the word so like i i I use in my my example here like the word anyway uh anyway can be spelled with or without a space depending on how it is used and people even though there are legitimate places for how you're supposed to use each one people kind of use them interchangeably see also every day uh also a word that can have a space in it in certain cases but people misuse it all the time in, in ways that it shouldn't or should uh and you so if somebody searches for any space way you probably also want to match the word anyway with one word uh, and then you also might if you want to get really advanced you might want to consider things like synonyms so if somebody searches for the word angry you want to match a document that talks about being mad maybe uh this also gets more complicated when you think about people's names or the names of things any kind of proper noun thing you know the name John can be spelled two different ways, and many names have multiple spellings, and so like you might want to consider that. Different spellings for city names, for place names. Uh, you might want to normalize contractions in the language. Like If somebody searches for the word can't and a document contains the word cannot, you probably want to match that. So it's very, very difficult to consider all this and to build a really good search. The correct solution to most of this is to not try to build search yourself. It's to decide to, to use someone else's search engine, hopefully to outsource as much of this linguistic stuff as possible to a library or an existing search engine that can do this for you because it's going to have way more knowledge of languages and stuff than you will. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. The, like that, that little like discourse you just had for how, like the amount of context and domain knowledge that is needed to do that is the kind of problem where it's like immediately my, my mind goes just like i can't do this like this is impossible <laughs> like i mean even i'm even thinking of things where it gets really crazy with like say say um the accidental tech podcast most people would probably search for atp when they're searching for that they're not going to type in the whole thing but that like there is no part of the phrase you know the accidental tech podcast that is like atp the atp so you end up with all these other kind of crazy domain problems that i'm sure come up too where it's you know searching in podcasts has a certain vocabulary to it and a certain um, specificity to it that um just sounds yeah like mind-bending to to deal with and again and even and there's that that comes to mind and then the second thing of course is localization and trying Mm -hmm. to think about like in english i can understand everything you just said in terms of you know i understand that the you know that ran and run are similar words or you maybe misspell oh you know mad or you know like the and te but then you get into a different language like who knows like that sounds like a problem that is just like sort of and i imagine there's probably a lot of in you know in this case of podcasts where there's mixed language even inside of one document oh yeah where you know it has some english and some non-english in it and so like trying to differentiate between those and have a relative you know a, a reasonable thing to manage it just like yeah my head that 
like my head's hurting just trying to Im- imagine trying to even a- approach a problem like that. We are brought to you this week by Zojo. Zojo is a cross-platform development tool for creating native apps for desktop, mobile, web, and even Raspberry Pi. It currently supports macOS, Windows, Linux, iOS, and even Android coming soon. With Zojo, you just write one version of your app, say on the Mac. You check a checkbox, and you can have a completely native Windows version as well. Zojo uses native controls, so your app looks at home on every platform. You'll be able to build apps 10 times faster, which will save you time and money. Zojo is great for everyone, from newbies to professional developers alike. It's currently used by over 300,000 developers worldwide, from students all the way up to Fortune 500 companies. Go take a look at their site, and you will see just how many companies you know use Zojo. It's free to use, but licenses are required to build standalone applications, so easy to get started. Go to zojo.com slash radar, that's X-O-J-O dot com slash radar, to find out more, and you can get 20% off any license with code radar. Once again, zojo.com, X-O-J-O dot com slash radar, 20% off with code radar. Thank you so much to Zojo for their support of this show and Relay FM. So now that we're completely overwhelmed with all of that, how do we actually do this? Right? <laughs> right. Obviously, you've solved this problem, so there is a solution out there. So, and let me say, this took a long time. Like when I first thought that I was going to do search, I, I figured it'd be like a week. It was like it was almost a month. <laughs> it was a long time. Um, so, you know, I, I looked at what was available. Like, try to outsource as much of this as I could to to built-in libraries on iOS. I don't love building in a bunch of external dependencies to my app, so I you know I, I wanted to minimize that. Um, there's there's a core spotlight API, and I figured you know Apple's pretty good with this stuff. Sometimes they should be okay. It seems pretty limited on iOS. It doesn't offer a whole lot of control or advanced functionality, and the documentation kind of scared me away. Like it, it's made clearly for the spotlight suggestions, like that, like for your content to be indexed by spotlight. The documentation even says something like don't use this for very much like it kind of scares you away so i decided you know what maybe i shouldn't do core spotlight for this um so i ended up going with uh sqlite full text search or sqlite fts one of the reasons why is that for the last few years this has been built into the version of sqlite that comes with ios so it's built into the os already it's bundled it's also i'm very familiar with sqlite and it's just it, i did some experimentation and it's super fast which has a lot of benefits for the ui and stuff so super fast it has a lot of built-in functionality it has things like built-in tokenizing segmenting stemming um and it's not quite as advanced with things like like if i had a lot of japanese content that needs a pretty advanced segmenter to know where the words end because there's no white space um and i don't it had i don't think it does that really but it you can plug it in later if you need to uh, like there's hooks to plug in third party things like that so that's not too bad um there's also lots of potential of just how I use SQLite, how I customize it. Uh, but it is this raw C API. So I had to write a higher-level wrapper API. So like the first you know, first bit of time I was spending making search was just writing a decent wrapper that I, that I could use that was my style to use for SQLite full-text search. So things like you know abstracting away like the storage details, the schema details, the query language details, and just make, giving a simple interface, uh, having utilities do things like update documents in the index, batch index things uh you know query escaping which is surprisingly not a built-in function uh <laughs> there's um, uh, things like concurrency support so i can access it from multiple threads or index on one thread and be searching on the other so all that is really nice um then i got into the challenge of preparing content for the index and this i kind of just thought oh yeah i'll just you know f- dump all this stuff from the database into the index and it'll be fine um this has a few challenges 
one of the biggest ones is just text formatting. You know, uh, the reason why I wanted to do this, like if you just feed it a bunch of text and you say, tell me the documents that match X, Y, Z. If that text is not incredibly well formatted, like if it's just kind of like a dump of keywords or a dump of phrases or whatever else, maybe, maybe like you strip out all the punctuation before you feed it to it or you strip out all the white space that and just normalize it to like one space each. That's fine for raw indexing, but it makes for less good relevance ranking because it actually matters with things like you know, how far away terms are from each other and stuff like that. And also search engines can offer a really nice feature called snippet generation, which you know this if you've ever done any search for anything ever, you know that when you search for something like on Google or something, in the result, it'll show you what part of the document matched the term you searched for. It'll do it'll have like a few words and the term you searched for will be in the middle and it'll be bold. And there would be like an ellipsis on either side of that phrase. And if it, if, if it appears a few times, it'll have that bolded word with a few different segments that are separated by ellipses, like with the different places that appear in the document. This is something that is pretty hard to do yourself, to like write this function yourself after the fact. It kind of relies on where the index finds things and, and how the index normalizes the query and how it deals with things like word forms and stemming and things like that. So you want the search engine to do this. But what this means is that you need to feed the search engine text that is formatted in a way that is presentable to the user. And this is really hard when a lot of your content is HTML. Uh, so what you need to do, and you also don't want to you don't want to index the HTML tag names themselves. You know, you don't want like div to show up in your, in your index. So you have to strip HTML. And surprisingly in 2018, there's no good way to do this on iOS. Uh, there's a few crappy ways to do it. Uh, there is, by the way, a quick warning. If you search stack overflow for how to do this, there's a hack that uses NS attributed string and an HTML document type. Don't do this. It's incredibly slow. And if you call it off the main thread, it'll deadlock. <laughs> so that's, Perfect. don't do that. Um, and also, uh, you know, it's, you can do something like with the simple regex where you just strip all the tags and whatever else I had, I had problems with that. Um, I could do it server side, but server side, like my server is already very, very CPU intensive. I don't want to boost up my server costs and not everyone has servers. So it isn't always going to be helpful. Um, I wanted to do it locally. And you also want to do things like preserve space. So it, you can't just, if you remove a tag, an HTML tag from text, you can't just not add spaces around it because a lot of tags kind of generate their own space. Like if somebody has a BR tag, they might have a word that runs right up to the BR tag and then a word right after the BR tag with no white space because they don't need it in presentation of HTML. But if you just take that tag out, those two words will be glued together and there won't be a space between them and it'll look weird and it won't index properly. So certain tags, you need to preserve white space around them. But you can't just put space around all tags because things like inline tags, like links, links don't add spaces inherently around them. And so if somebody has like a link that ends and then there's a period outside of the link, you don't want to have the word and then a space be inserted before that period because you stripped the tag out. So you actually have to have like a little database of like which tags generate space and to insert them intelligently when you remove them. And you also have to do things like convert HTML entities. You know, there's the, numeric, numeric entities are pretty easy and there are some built-in functions for them, but there's also named entities and you have to have a list of what those entities are. You have to somehow be able to find that list and then you have to see, am I allowed to use like whatever data source? Like, am I just stealing this? Like, am I going to get in trouble if they learn that I copied their list of entities or can, am I allowed to use this? And you have to, you have to know like, is this ever going to change? Am I going to have a way to update this list over time? And then 
how big is this list? Is this going to fit in my app? And, you know, so then, so you have to like, go, so I did all, I had to write my own tag stripper that preserved space properly. I had to write my own HTML entity decoder that was able to use a list that fortunately, um, you know, the, the group, what WG it's, it stands for something. It's like, it's all the big browser makers that form this. Uh, they have a public lookup table that you are allowed to use. Um, so, you know, that, that I figured out, um, and it was small enough. I could keep the whole thing in memory. So that was no big deal. Um, then I had the bright idea to solve your problem that you said, that you said earlier, what happens if you search for ATP, which is not the title of our podcast <laughs> and appears nowhere in most of the, in most of the documents. It is, however, the domain of the site. So I wanted, if, if you, if the show notes link to a domain or you, you know, you want to have the, the domain of the page itself of this, of the podcast itself, you want to actually index url content if it's relevant reliably and not all parts of url are relevant reliably but i wanted the domain name to be relevant right because that i think is something people will often search for um and our domain name is atp.fm you don't want .fm to be indexed or any other top level domain you want to strip things like .com but some top level domains are multiple words so like .co.uk it's multiple parts so i needed another lookup table to know which top-level domains am I supposed to strip that go beyond just, like, one dot sequence? Like, .co.uk, get .co.jp, stuff like that. So, is there a list of that I can find? Yes, it's called Mozilla's Public Suffix List, which, which is good, but huge. It, it's way too big to parse all the time and consult all the time and match all the time for fast processing. You are allowed to use it. That's nice. It does change, though, so you have to have some way to update that. And you have to have some way to like prune it down to maybe only the most relevant parts for you. Uh, so I had to do that. Build in like this top-level domain lookup thing. And you got to also ignore things like www at the beginning. Things are common. And so like there's all this crap you have to do to feed your search engine good data. And it's it, none of this is trivial, but it dramatically affects how good the search is because you know not only does it make matching better because you don't match on things like com and www or you know html tag names but then it also affects ranking it makes ranking better and then finally it affects the presentation to the user because overcast now that i did all this crazy work i'm able to have a search that not only will find atp if you search for atp <laughs> and not only will find ran if you searched for run or vice versa but also, we'll do things like autocorrect, like because there was built in. I, I actually briefly built my own autocorrect algorithm before I discovered uh, UI Text Checker. That was a fun day. Uh, <laughs> mine was way worse. I <laughs> took up all the memory, and it was terrible. Uh, so thank God for UI Text Checker. So like, you have to. You know, I'm able to do stuff because I built it well from the beginning. Because it because searching is super fast. I'm able, I'm able to do live searching, parallel searching, incremental search as I build the index. Uh, stuff like that it's it's super nice um and it results in a search that's nice to use like it is you know you, you type in a query and you get those bolded snippets like where like your query shows up in bold in the different parts and that's another you know more attributed string stuff on the labels like it was <laughs> it was a big job uh but i'm really really happy with almost every part the only part i'm not happy with is how incredibly awful ui search controller is it's incredibly buggy uh but i'm, I'm working through that otherwise I, i'm very happy with this it, it was it was a very big job uh but i'm glad i did it yeah what's amazing to me about what you're describing though is the it, i think the, and this is i think the difference that is 
it's, it's it's hard. You most users of your application would never know how much is happening when they type in a search query, but because you did this tremendous level of work, this like incredibly you know thoughtful, robust version of search, it'll work the way they expect it to, right? And like I love things where it's like in many ways that's our goal as as developers is to solve problems in this way, right? Where it we're, it's just it just does exactly what you expect it to do, but you don't really are you aren't at all aware of what's going on under the you know under the hood. As far as they're concerned, well, I type I type in what I'm looking for and it finds it. Well, great, that's that's <laughs> what a search should do. But under the hood, like it's doing a tremendous amount of work, and it's just one of those cool things. I mean, this is it's it's almost like an inspiring reminder of what's possible if we really like don't just settle for something simple like your solution as you describe it just sound it's it's just it sounds comprehensive i mean i'm sure maybe there are more things you could have done but like this sounds like you didn't hit a lot of places where you were like eh you know this is good enough it's like no you're going to do this properly and do it in a way that um you know like the end result of all of those small little choices where you decided that you weren't going to do this the easy version is that something that at the end is, you know, like the sum of all of those great choices. And so it's super robust. And I can say from using it both in the beta and now and, you know, in its public form is like it does, it does exactly what you expect it to do. Like it's, it, it's very, it's fast performant and, you know, shows you what you're, what, what you're trying to find. So it does the job. Thank you. And, and like this, it probably wasn't worth investing a month into for just this one feature like it but people do like it a lot it was very frequently requested and i think it's one of those things that like it's hard to see an immediate big payoff but over time it just makes the app nicer it makes it easier to use it makes more people want to use it and it reduces a little bit of that friction when somebody would have otherwise had to scroll through 500 episodes to find what they wanted like this is it, it was a common enough problem for people to ask for it a lot and so even though uh, like and I, I could have done a crappier job of it but this is also now now i have this awesome search library and all these awesome additional libraries that i can use i can reuse these in the future and so I, I think it was i think it was time well spent yeah and i think any any work that makes you a better developer by solving a hard, hard problem and then builds a a utility that you can now use in the future always worthwhile yeah all right well thanks for listening everybody good luck if you ever have to implement search <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week Bye.